4: 18 plus it's a numbers game with your host Gil
5: Alexander so those idiots who believe in analytics.
3: good Thursday morning to you it is a numbers game at visa the sports betting network visa.com the Visa Fubo sling Game plus i Heart radio however you're taking us in this morning Jason Kahn producer number seven is here as well what's happening hey Gil good morning how are you I'm good we just need a screen right here we'll be good to go yeah, then we'll be good to go uh, on the show today. Bill Krakenberger in studio. The Crack Man is here in studio. Looking forward to that from the uh, Wise Cracks podcast, unscripted with the Crack Man. Hour number two. Paul Carr, the return of Paul Carr. Uh, Premier League begins, and Paul has many thoughts, not just on uh, on futures, uh, but he's got thoughts on uh, on different ways to bet. The Premier League, some derivative markets, if you will. So, about five or six ways to do that. We'll talk to Paul Carr later this hour. And momentarily, we will talk with the Bear, Chris Valica from ESPN's College Game Day, Daily Wager, and of course, the Stanford Steve and the Bear podcast, which had their uh, opening college football pod released just the other day. And uh, Chris is here to talk about some of his favorite season win totals. Finally, ready to talk favorite season win totals of the college football season. Also, ask him, because I don't believe I have been able to. How he just feels about the ever-changing landscape of college football with the expanded format, name, image, likeness. See what he thinks about uh, how different college football will look in the years to come and what that means for the sport. Uh, Yesterday, tennis picks. We always want to uh, update the tennis picks. Two and one yesterday. We were two for three. Um, We lost on Karatsev as a plus 139 dog. The other ones were winners. Duckworth plus four and a half games versus center, he won it outright. So even at two and one yesterday, I hate myself because I didn't trust my Duckworth numbers. Considered betting him outright and then uh, wimped out from doing that, but we do get the win very easily on that. And then Jessica uh, Bagula. Jessica Bagula, Jessica Pagula, who we have at thirty four to one, if you recall earlier this week mentioning, um, I mentioning that thirty four to one to win this tournament. She beats Anastasia Pavlyuchenkova as a plus one hundred and seven dog yesterday. She gets it done. Now she's got a uh, brutal match today against Danielle Collins, who has won twelve matches in a row. And by the way, two tournaments. In a row, but We'll get to our tennis picks uh, in a little while. We have five, no short of five tennis picks a day, and they're all on the ladies' side. I don't like really anything on the men's side today, but we'll do ladies' picks, five of those coming up. But let's talk some college football first. Let's bring him in again from Daily Wager over there at ESPN2. Uh, of course, the glue that holds ESPN's college game day together in the Stanford Steve and the Bear podcast. He's not the Stanford Steve part, by the way. He's the Bear part. It's Chris Velika. How you doing, Chris? Why would anybody in their right mind bet Dennis Shapovalov, by the
5: way? Oh. Like, like, come on. Why is he always such a big favorite? Who in their right mind would bet on this guy? It's like. Him, Nick Curios, like Madison Keys, it's like the the I, mean, I hate money. I'm I'm just gonna throw it away betting on these mercurial big favorites. who always seem to
3: lose. Well, I can think of one person who would have been on Shapovalov at any price, but I won't say it out loud. <laughs> 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 Let's start there. Uh, but uh, yeah, so Shapovalov loses to Francis Tiafo yesterday in straight sets. In his native Canada, Shapovalov, so it's like a home game also for him. So I don't know if he like if he succumbs to the pressure of that, but it's not just tournaments in Canada, right? He's, and by the way, these last slams, right at Wimbledon, it looked like okay, we're finally gonna get this dude to realize his potential. Yep. And then a step back again. And good for Tiafo, by the way. He was trying to reach his uh his second quarter in a thousand uh, level tournament. So pumped for uh, Francis Tiafo, But yeah, you're right. Some of these, some of these. Guys. What, what about on the ladies' side? Like every other, not every other match. I'm exaggerating, but like five of these have been walkovers, like withdrawals. The, the, the ladies just quit in the middle of these of these matches. They're like, yeah, I'm, I'm cool, we're done. So that's frustrating. Yeah, for I'm, some I'm,
5: I'm, I'm, I'm down. I'm down to sit a break against Maria I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm <laughs> gonna go cool, cool off.
3: Yeah, we were suggesting on Primetime Action last night, and this is the kind of things we talk about on this show, that because they call it a walkover, you should actually have to physically walk over your opponent in that case. Like, they should have to lay down. Sort of like like the people who carry out rock, paper, scissors. Uh, Let me ask you a broad college football question first before we get into your favorite season, Wintels. And by the way, congratulations to you and Stanford, Steve, for starting a new season of your podcast. I know it is a beloved podcast. You guys are awesome on it. Uh, Steve was certainly pumped on this opener to get uh to the picks, so congratulations to you guys for another season of the stanford steven the bear podcast but before we get to that uh college football there is no sport that is going to look different in the years moving forward uh than college football will from what we have come to know and love about it the pageantry is what we love that will not change but in terms of name image likeness and the expanded playoff format how do you feel this sport will look, and do you think all of it is to the good? And before you answer, it's Gil Alexander, Chris Velika, right here on a Numbers Game at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, VEASAN.com, the VEASAN app, Fubo, Gay Plus, iHeart Radio. What do you think, Chris?
5: Honestly, I don't to really have any reason not to be honest with you. Um, the name, image, and likeness, if I saw a tweet or a story on it, I, I just wouldn't even click on it. I just, it is what it is, um, but by, like, by the people who just made it out to be, like, uh, the, the end all, like, oh, it's the biggest thing, I, I, I was so indifferent towards it. Like, it, it doesn't affect me at all. You want, you want to pay kids for doing whatever, fine. But, but again, you just have to be willing to accept uh, the consequences. If you're uh, an administration or a head coach of a team, like you're going to have guys like Bryce Young, who Nick Saban says making close to a million dollars, and then you're going to have an offensive lineman who's making nothing. So if you can handle that in, in, in a locker room and hopefully not have uh, jealousy throughout your roster, then that, that, fine. You've even seen Ryan Day uh, at Ohio State talk about how, he he got to give some other kids some – Some money as well so you you can see potentially uh where this is headed already so but uh who who wanted to deprive a a kid making money so that's fine but it's not like it was nothing that i was ultimately like passionate about and like clicking on every single nil uh story that there was um the conference the 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 playoff expansion i'm not for it uh i like it at four Uh, i understand why they're doing it that they want to have more teams Uh, well, once if the playoff expansion does actually happen, they haven't officially said uh, it's going to 12. But it's just a way to keep more teams and more fan bases uh, interested by saying they're making the playoffs. You're not really expanding the number of teams uh, that can win the playoff and win the national title. You're still going to get the same teams that are winning the title now uh, winning the title. But it's just a way to get some other regional fan bases uh, in television markets interested in, in, in the playoff. And, and then the whole the, the, the SEC thing with the uh, Oklahoma and Texas, uh, I don't like it at all. I hate these super conferences. Um, again, I understand why they're doing it for money. Uh, but at the same time, I don't think it helps Oklahoma and Texas in terms of uh, making the college football playoff or making their... Uh, conference, but I think it's going to weaken them. That the case actually to make the play because I don't think they're going to have Oklahoma for sure. Uh, Texas has been a, a mediocre team for a while now, but it's not going to help Oklahoma in terms of making the play. I hate these conferences where you don't play uh, your your entire conference, or you're not going to play these teams for multiple years now. So uh, just the, the illusion of like blowing up the entire sport of college football to accommodate Texas, who has been like nothing for 15 years now, mm-hmm. 12 years now, which they made the, the title game. That That's the thing that the optics of that. And look, I understand why Texas is a brand going back longer. I, I get it. But, but, but recently, like this is a team that has like winning percentage along the of So like NC state since 2009. So, uh, I get it,
3: but it doesn't mean I have to like it. Yeah. Well, Oklahoma, Texas uh, to the SEC, you're right. And the prospect of super conferences, the biggest seismic shift in college football that is to come. That's for sure. One last thing about NIL, because I know it, it, you're indifferent to it. I'm indifferent to it, too, only because 98% of the reports about it don't make the key point about it, which is this isn't the NCAA, uh, you know, allowing uh, players to get money from the pool of college football money, you know, that the NCAA gets from television and all that that, like television rights for for conferences and networks, this is just the NCAA being so benevolent as to say, yeah, you guys can go make money on the side now. Oh, (laughs) thanks so much. Like that's, that's the big deal about this. Give me a break. Like it's such a, such a minor amount of money in comparison to the real pool of college football money. So. That's the part that bothers me, anyway. I just feel it's a, they're missing the point of the whole thing. Uh, all right, let's talk season win totals. We don't have to go through all yours because I want people to listen to your podcast, the Stanford mm-hmm. Stephen the Bear podcast. But let's start with uh, Oregon. You have a you have a strong conviction on the Ducks.
5: No, I, I do, and their win totals nine, and, and really, I think nine and three is probably like a worst case scenario for the Ducks, even if they were to lose uh, in Columbus. Uh, 10-2 is probably very likely. Um, I know they have some, I don't want to say questions, but a doubted quarterback. Um, Ty Thompson, the heralded freshman, I think ultimately at some point will take over for Anthony Brown. I think you probably go to Columbus uh, Week 2 with Anthony Brown as the starting quarterback. But outside of that... Uh, you're, you're looking at a, a team with Joe Moorhead, the offensive coordinator. All of the wide receivers are back. Uh, C.J. Verdell is back. Four of your final offensive linemen are back. Uh, the defense can be scary good uh, with Caitlin Thibodeau and Noah Saloon. I think that this is really what makes uh, this edition of Oregon better than some of the past Oregon teams. Like, they have recruited uh, really well. They, they've supplanted USC as the best recruiting team uh, in, in the Pac-12. like This roster is better than anybody's, I think, top to bottom than they're going to play, certainly in the regular season. And even if the Ducks were to lose in Columbus uh, week two, uh, maybe they get tripped up in Salt Lake, maybe they get tripped up uh, in Seattle, but that's probably it. So I, I feel very strongly about Oregon uh, and at least a 10-2 season.
3: Yeah, I was going to ask you if the, uh, if the road... Pac-12 games of Washington and, and uh, Utah, which you just mentioned, but also UCLA and Stanford, w- was going to dissuade you. But I guess the Pac-12 isn't scaring anybody, and that won't scare you off your position. Uh,
5: it, 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 it's interesting, too. I've heard a lot of people, um, uh, Stanford Steve was very high on, on Utah on the bottom. I heard uh, Paul Stone talking about Utah earlier as well. I, I don't know, man. I, I mean, maybe it's just the, the taste I have in my mouth of seeing how awful they were on the big stage with Everything to play for a couple of years ago, and just a non, just a no contest uh, against Oregon, just completely dominated in that Pac-12 title game for the chance to make the playoff, and then and then an opportunity to say, okay, that was a that was a one-off for Utah. We don't get this opportunity ever, and then to go to the ball game and just get blown out Ugh. by Texas, like like that's sticking in my head about Utah. Maybe that's a bad thing, but. I'm, I, I was all in on Utah that year, by the way. I was the one making cases for them that, that they should be in the playoff at Oklahoma if they won the, the Pac-12. People were laughing at me, and I turned out looking like a fool. So maybe, maybe I'm holding a little bit of a grudge against Houston, but, but I just have a bad uh, taste in my mouth left over from uh, Utah and their opportunity to get on the big stage uh, a couple of years ago where I'm really not looking to buy into them again.
3: One of the uh, ongoing themes uh, that we have had here on network on this show and uh, beyond and uh, that you also echoed on your latest podcast was this notion of, Hey, that was great. Indiana last year. That was awesome. Uh, golf clap. Not so much this year total at eight. You don't like it under.
5: Yeah, I like it under. And I think a few people are on this as well and credit to Tom Allen and credit to what they did last year. Um, how, what would be different with one play if Pennix gets rolled out of bounds, like he probably was uh, on that on that conversion to beat Penn State? They had that win against Penn State. You beat Maryland, who is as uh, up and down as any team uh, in, in the country. this year, you beat a terrible Michigan State team. You beat a Michigan team in, in, in their down and as bad as it ever could be. Wisconsin was playing out the string. Now, look, credit to them for. Uh, breaking a whole bunch of streaks and beating some of those teams and and, and beating ranked opponents, but uh, you open at Kinnick Stadium in Ohio, which is going to be a tough game. You go to Ann Arbor. You go to Penn State. You got a tough game against Cincinnati in the non-conference. Uh, you're not going to beat Ohio State. I, I, I know Stevie Scott, who was a great running back for them. Well, uh, La Folliere is gone. Uh, Jamar Johnson's gone from the secondary. Fry Frogel is back. Uh, your offensive line was bad. You lose your defensive coordinator, uh, Keen Womack, to South Alabama. And you have a lot of metrics and stats that were they really sustainable? The turnover rate and red zone t- uh, touchdown defense. Like I, I don't know, like eight and four, I think is probably the ceiling for Indiana. I, I, I've seen a couple of eight still out there. I've seen some seven and a half. I'd like to buy just. Have the insurance at eight in case they do go eight and four of a push, but but yeah, I, I think eight and four is a ceiling for Indiana, and seven and five is probably uh, the most likely record for the Hoosiers this year.
3: Last year was such an anomaly for that for that uh, for that school and their football program. It was also an anomaly in that I probably watched more random Indiana games last year. <laughs> Then I can remember watching any team in any year. It was really uh, unbelievable how they were always there front and center. Uh, so under eight for Indiana from uh, Chris Velika, uh this year. Now, I'm going to leave. The, you have a couple unders on the podcast of, of teams that have really low season win totals. We'll leave that for folks uh, to tune into the Stanford and the uh, Bear podcast. But one more. Louisville, under seven. Your opening statement about this on your pot episode was, you're getting a really bad vibe from Louisville. Explain that.
5: Yeah, I I am. You you look at. Look, Bobby Petrino left that program in shambles. Uh, The kids quit on him, he quit on them. And I thought by. After a couple of years, Scott Satterfield would be able to like turn that program around and getting kids to buy, and it looked like it in his first year. But what happens last year in the off season in the in the coaching cycle? Uh, Satterfield was kind of out there hunting for jobs, and his name was out there. And, and I think some of the some of the bridges with the fan base there and maybe that work department have been burned a little bit. So I think he has uh, some some PR. Uh, and fixing to go on there, and maybe some ego fixing to go on as well. But at the same time, it's an offensive line over the last five, six years that has allowed more sacks than anyone in the country. Uh, they did have a lot of turnover problems last year. What's the quarterback situation going to be like? Is Cunningham really the guy that brought in McCaffrey, who didn't last very long? He's gone. Um and, and then you lose Hawkins and your two wide receivers. Like uh, they got some non conference games uh, with Ole Miss and Kentucky and, and UCF. They're tough. Yeah. Um, I, again, I, I don't like. I think this number has come down from from seven or seven and a half to six and a half. And six and a half, half let's still playoff. But uh, if you can find a seven. Like, like I'm not sure that that, that Louisville. This Louisville's a team right now. I think that's that's teetering. I thought they would be on the improve right now, but this is a uh, this is kind of a hold slash sell for me right now. So I'd be under on um, on the Cardinal this year.
3: Yeah, Ole Miss in Atlanta on September 6th, and you mentioned it UCF a couple weeks later, actually 11 days later on the 17th. So it could start relatively ugly uh, for the Cardinals. I, I cut off the season win totals because I want to talk Heisman with you. I know you have some strong thoughts on. Sam Howell, but I guess just from a market perspective, last year, nothing in any sport was more volatile in the Heisman market from week Mm -hmm. to week, and that was, you know, where it was. Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Um, Obviously, Devontae Smith was in there. Uh, Mac Jones was in there. Um, even some Kyle Trask, so those are like the you know top tier players in college football, bouncing back and forth every week. Uh, now you have Spencer Rattler, who's the short shot one. Do you think he is cut from the Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray ilk, uh, cut from that cloth, if you will? And is he a justified uh, you know short shot, the shortest of all of them? Who would you? I guess the big question is who would you bet now, and who would you wait to bet?
5: To your first the first part of that question, I do not think Spencer Rattler is cut from that Baker and Mayfield Kyler Murray type, type you know, at all. Um I- in Oklahoma, in general, are we kind of overrating them just a little bit?
3: Every uh, year, man. In, in, yes. In, in,
5: in, a, in a sense, that this is a team that was an overtime away from being one and three in the Red River. Then they caught a lot of that soft underbelly of the Big 12 when they got out, uh, and they hung on to beat Iowa State in the in the Big 12 championship game. Like, I, I think that have that recency factor of the last thing we saw from Oklahoma was blowing out that shell of a Florida team that had nobody on the field other than, than Kyle Trask and and no weapons and credit to them. They were great last year uh, in in that game. But 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 I think people might be overrating oklahoma just a little not, not to say they're not the best team in the big 12 and they can't right. win it relatively in terms speaking of national we're talking. title contender and where they are like I, i'm not there uh, with spencer rattler as a short shot to win the eyes at all and and i think we're kind of headed towards a similar type year this year in terms of where we were uh you talked about last year like every early in the year what, what if Iowa State gets a big win early in the year um uh, against iowa oh it Brock Party or Brees Hall, they're, they're the front frontrunner. Oh, what happened to the C.J. Stroud is a starting quarterback and plays a great game for Ohio State against Durham. Oh, he's a starting quarterback. Like, I think we're going to see a, a lot of turnover there uh, in terms of the Heisman runner. Uh, I mentioned the bet that I already made about Sam Howell at 15-1 to 1, because I think it, it's more of a bet on North Carolina to win uh, the ACC title. I think you're going to get a better price there than you would if North Carolina makes the ACC title game on that money line. and If, if North Carolina goes 12-1, and 1, beats Cl- Clemson in the ACC championship game. How's going to win the Heisman? So, so that's why I made that place. To, uh, that, that bet to kind of leverage um, uh, the, the best possible price on uh, on How. In terms of someone who I'd be waiting, like who who's kind of working that I would kind of wait to bet. Uh, gosh, I, I honestly don't even know. Um, I mean, the, the price I mean, maybe. Maybe JT Daniels, if they happen to lose, I mean, where he is right now, if they happen to lose to Clemson, and he plays great, he plays well, and they don't lose because of him, and has a loss pinned on him, maybe his odds kind of rise a little bit, and D.J. Ongole's odds go down a bit, and uh, maybe just because of the loss, Daniels' numbers would, would get a little bit better. So maybe Daniels would be the guy i I keep okay. an eye on and just wait and see maybe if you can get uh, double digits on him to where he is right now.
3: All right, but Sam Howell, the bet is already in, and you're right. I mean, there is a straight line. There is a direct path for him to win the Heisman uh, all based on North Carolina's success, that's for sure. Chris, appreciate it. Always love it. Um, thank you, and uh, please don't bet on Dennis Shapovalov ever as a big favorite. Like <laughs> in a don't, don't, don't worry about
5: that,
3: my Yeah. <laughs> thank you, sir. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Stanford Stephen the Bear podcast is where you can check out all of Stanford Stephen Bears. Season win totals, picks, their Heisman thoughts, everything college football at Chris Felica, by the way, F-A-L-L-I-C-A on Twitter for all of his stuff, if you will. We'll come back. Those tennis picks, five on the ladies' side, including some that start oh, little, little time from now, half hour from now, a little more than half hours. Next, a numbers game at Visa, the sports betting network.
4: Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. With
3: football season just around the corner, it's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada, the premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Just download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada, whatever your sport, whatever your betting style. You're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble response gambling problem call 800 522 4700 we got screens up here at the uh, lovely South Point studio here the Beeson studio at the South Point and uh, showing that uh cor- showing that uh, some highlights from Corbin Burns performance last night 10 strikeouts in a row at one point on his way to a 15 strikeout zero Bases on Ball's performance. Corbin Burns throwing his hat uh, back into the uh, Cy Young ring. Not that it was ever out, but saying, don't forget about me, NL Cy Young Award uh, voters. Ten strikeouts in a row, matching the all-time record uh, set by Tom Seaver. Tom Terrific back in the day. Uh, and Aaron Nola also sharing that. But that was just unbelievable. Against what, I mean, I don't even want to call it a triple-A Cubs outfit. That might be doing it uh giving them a compliment at this point. But that was uh, still unbelievable by Burns yesterday. Uh, golf tournament. Wyndham Championship is underway. And uh, down there at the Sedgefield Country Club. And it is a, uh, it's interesting, it's early. And again, it's it's the last regular season golf tournament, if you will, before the three-week FedEx Cup, which uh, begins next week with 125 golfers. That will be paired down to 70 the following week and then 30. The week after that, Um, So you don't have the biggest names in this one necessarily, but... Uh, among the co-leaders, Brian Stewart, and I just want to point that out. Shout out to Kelly Bidlin, the producer of Primetime Action, who has Stewart at 175-1. to 1. We also had Reed Fowler from DraftKings on. He loves Stewart. He's at 100-1, to 1, obviously very, very early, only through seven holes in the very first round of the tournament. But he is a co-leader, is Brian Stewart. So good for those guys, along with uh, Kang Sung-hoon, by the way, of Korea. They are both at five under here, early point of the tournament. Uh, and then uh, the guy who has to win it, to qualify to get into the FedEx Cup has to win it outright because the PGA has quirky rules for PGA tour cards. Will Zalatoris three back? Uh, two under for the tournament through thirteen again, early at the Wyndham Championship. All right, so here are the tennis picks of the day. Five of them, all on the lady side. Yesterday we we're coming off a two and one, which I was uh, if there was ever a two and one that you're unhappy about because I didn't have the gumption, the moxie, the chutzpah. To uh, to bet uh, Duckworth on the uh, the money line against Center, I took him plus the games, got home, but two and one as we hit uh, that and Jesse Pagula, but lost on Aslan Karatsev in the middle today. Five picks on the ladies' side. One uh, one is on the game line. That would be Rebecca Marino, Rebecca Marino, the Canadian playing in her home country, plus five and a half games at plus 104 versus the number one seed in the tournament, Arena Sabalenka. So we're taking Rebecca Marino, plus five and a half games at plus 104 versus Arena Sabalenka. I would go through some of the numbers on all of these, but I don't want to bore you with with numbers on all of these, but just trust that these are all based on numbers. Victoria Azarenka. Now, this is the one that has moved. So I got her last night, Victoria Azarenka, at plus 100 versus Maria Sakari. Azarenka is now minus 115, last I checked. If it gets down to minus 110, or thereabouts, I would probably play it. Minus 115 is teetering. I will leave it up to you because that's sort of right on the edge. Uh, but I got Azarenka plus 100 last night. Again, she's about minus 115 right now. Still playable? Yeah, kind of, sort of, but it's right on the edge. Don't let it get any higher than that, that's for sure. Uh, I'm also taking Sara Cerebus torre uh, at plus 101 versus Katarina Siniakova. Uh, Cerebus Torme, a, a lady that we have bet on many times here over the years uh, on a numbers game at VEASAN. So she's a slight dog there, at plus 101. And then bets on the two ladies that I mentioned on a numbers game earlier this week that I have as outrights in this tournament in Montreal. Again, both uh, the men's and the ladies' uh, sides are in Canada, but the men are in Toronto, the ladies are in, Canada, or in, uh, are in Montreal, pardon me, in Quebec. Uh, Patrick Vitova, who I have at 17-1 to 1 to win the tournament, she's minus 130 versus Camila Georgie. These numbers I will actually uh, cite because Patrick Vitova is, in terms of uh, hard court numbers last six months, last a year, the second best of all, 109 aggregate uh, service points one percentage and return points one percentage, 109 over six months, 107.8 over a 12-month span on hard courts. Over a good sample size of matches, and Camila Georgie, who uh, we love to watch her matches—if you know what I mean—not uh, so great on the uh, on the hard courts. Over time, uh, at least in the short term, over the last year, 96.4. So that's a big edge there on the Kvitová match. And then our girl Jesse Pagula, minus 143. She has the best hard court numbers over the last six months of a year, believe it or not, of the of the ladies that are in this tournament. Let me make that caveat because we don't have Osaka, we don't have Party, obviously, Sviatek, a whole bunch. So uh, of the of the ladies in this tournament. She's got the best hardcore numbers fitted by the second best. Bagula minus 143 over Danielle Collins, who has won 12 matches in a row, two tournaments in a row, and is as feisty as anybody you'll ever see on a court. But Collins with a little uh, wear and tear and maybe some injuries. Bagula minus 143, the play there. We'll come back. Premier League begins, and Paul Carr's got a bunch of plays. It's a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network.
4: Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander.
3: Friday's episode of the Ron Flatter Racing Pod will come from Arlington Park near Chicago. That's where Saturday's final running of Million Day precedes the anticipated closing of the track next month. Right. Top trainer Larry Ravelli, leading jockey Jareth Loveberry, Equibase chart caller Nicole Newlist, and DraftKings Sportsbooks Johnny Avello are the guests. Subscribe now at iHeart, Apple, Google, Spotify, or Stitcher, or download it Friday morning at vsun.com slash podcast. That's the Ron Flatter Racing Pod, sponsored by First Bet. Um that uh, clearing of the throat, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we had to have Paul Carr on because Chelsea played themselves into a one-to-one uh, full-time <laughs> draw yesterday with uh, Villarreal in the uh, in the UEFA Super Cup. And that calls to mind yet another Chelsea underhitting. And so we had to bring Paul Carr in. How you doing, Paul?
4: I am well. The European season's officially back. We've got a Chelsea under. Uh, I don't know if it's going to last all season like last year, the latter half of last season, but we may be riding it again to start at least.
3: Man, it's good to see you. So so what are we going to do? We're going to do futures today and then we're going to do games tomorrow. Do you want to do that? Yeah, sounds like a good plan to me. Sounds like a plan. All right, Premier League, for those who don't know, uh, begins the 38-match season. The eternal, the interminable uh, Premier League season for some uh, begins a a nine-month stretch tomorrow, so we look forward to that. Uh, Okay, let us begin at the top. The defending champion is Man City. They're about minus 150, always shop around, we always want to say that, to win the Mm -hmm. title this year. Uh, Is that worth a bet, or do you like a bet elsewhere?
4: i don't think it's worth it i mean they got to win 60 or so percent of the time which is probably about right the the one thing that's dangerous i think is that i think they have two legit challengers this season uh excuse me in liverpool and chelsea whereas the last few years you know liverpool it's been basically a two-horse race uh so liverpool and chelsea are both about plus 500 and i actually played both of them which is a little bit weird but i just look at it this way you're kind of playing plus 250 for one or the other to win. And I think you've got a you know 30 plus percent chance of that happening. So I think, you know, you can talk yourself into either one. If you have a preference, uh, I think either one works, but Liverpool's coming back from a ton of injuries. Last year was one of those seasons where everything goes wrong. Uh, they still finished in the top four. Uh, Chelsea's got a their first full season under Tuchel. They've got everybody back. They're probably bringing in Romelu Lukaku to fill their number nine yes. spot up top. Our boy, mm-hmm. and so yeah, I like either one or both of these if you have the right prices. So yeah, shop around a little. You know, you, I've seen this vary from like plus four hundred to plus five fifty for for either one of them. But yeah, I think there's a case, and, and I did this, played both of them just because I think there's a real more than one out of three shot or so that one of these teams uh, catches up with Man City
3: here. So despite Harry Kane perhaps going to Man City, uh, yeah, you are still about those two uh, sides, Chelsea and Liverpool. Yeah, I just think
4: on the City side, you know. It was one of those years where pretty much everything went right. You know, they finished well. they I think, had about 10 goals above their expected total. Uh, And part of that's because they're good. But they also finished well. Everything went wrong for other teams. Uh, I don't, if Harry Kane goes, I don't know if he fits in perfectly to that system. And and, uh, they don't have Sergio Aguero, who was injured for some of last year. But he's been their number nine, their key forward for so long. They're going to have to adjust without him. Can Gabriel Jesus fill that void? I'm not sure. So there's enough questions. They're still the best team. The odds reflect that, but I think there's, you know, again, a one in three or better shot that Liverpool Chelsea comes through here.
3: And as you, as you pointed out, uh, offline that only one team has repeated in the last 13 years, man city, 2018, 2019. So it's not like a a normal thing for that to happen.
4: Right. I mean, it's hard. It's a long season. Things go wrong. You know, you get injured, you know, De Bruyne missed a few weeks last season for man city, but what if he's out for half the season or so, which uh, is very possible. So yeah, it's just a lot of things that can go wrong uh, for city over the course of a season. It's hard to repeat.
3: So those five to ones on Chelsea and Liverpool available at William Hill, by the way, and then uh, draft Kings and uh, Caesars, William Hill, they have this creative prop explain this. So this involves the three sides that we were just talking about, but they have a Chelsea to win the league without man city and Liverpool prop. Yeah, you'll see
4: these on a lot of these big European leagues where there's a clear-cut team or teams, you know, you could find it in France, you know, without PSG or something like that. Uh, sometimes in Spain, you know, the winner without Barcelona and Madrid or maybe Atletico. Yeah, so you can get these props for basically who's going to finish highest if you strip these two, one or two teams out. And you can get Chelsea at even money at either of those houses and maybe some others, which I think is a pretty good deal because, I, again, I think Chelsea is clearly the third best team. Uh, we'll touch on it. I'm not so high on Manchester. United who's kind of the fourth consensus uh, consensus fourth best team so you can get even money on Chelsea basically to win the league if you strip out City and Liverpool so to finish above everybody but those two and I think I think that's a good price because I don't really see any other team that's that close. Again, Man United is the next one, but I'm not a big believer uh, that they can take another step forward.
3: Yeah, this is great because you have all kinds of different futures bets, not just the outright, but now you have this uh, sort of creative prop. Uh, Let's talk about Man U because um, obviously we're used to season wins in North American sports. Um, Points are obviously the real currency in the premier league. Um, you like man you to the under at 73 and a half points
4: yeah i'm i'm going for the old rooting against human achievement yeah you're so fond of so. i love it yeah so man united had 74 points last season finished second and i just think they're due to regress a little bit they are they did sign Jaden sancho who's a, a really good young player from dortmund they are probably going to sign rafael veron who's a defender from real madrid so they're picking up some pieces but for Man United, it was, again, one of those seasons where everything goes right. It kind of reminds me of Tottenham a couple years ago when I think they finished second and they kind of took a step back just because things went wrong that next season. Uh, but United, first of all, they scored about 10 more goals than expected last year, just based on the quality of shots.
3: 73 but, total goals they scored,
4: yeah. Yeah. And... They played 14 games that were decided by one goal. So either a one-goal win or a one-goal loss, and they won 11 of those. So this is like, you know, in the NFL, you talk about one-score games and some of the luck that comes with that, and it's the same sort of thing here. Uh, And United also won 10 games after giving up the first goal last season, which had never happened in a Premier League season before. So just a lot of things went right. They were able to pull these comebacks off. They were able to get the one-goal wins. They could be a better team on the field than last year and not get as many points. And So I like the under here of 73 and a half
3: points. Yeah, and they ended up with 74 points last year despite the second-place finish, so all that uh, in the mix. What I love about this is very relatable. Like, when we do baseball, you know, Mm -hmm. any sport, but really the the one that this sounds the most like in terms of crunching the numbers, uh, when we do it for baseball... We always talk about, you know, Pythagorean theorem with Bill James, runs scored, runs allowed. There's also sequencing that adds to whether a team was fortunate or not. We do that with pitchers, what their true skill set is. So that's sort of a, you know, not not exactly the same thing, but kind of sounded like that with Man U, that they just overachieved in every way. Yeah,
4: same sort of thing. What the Dodgers, what is it? They've lost 11 straight extra inning games or whatever the 12th, ridiculous yeah, ride is. Yeah, 11 straight yeah. extra
3: inning games, 11 straight and 14 straight frames in which they've given up a run. Yeah,
4: just, just weird, weird stuff like that happens over the course. Uh, of a long season and you get all the teams. So yeah, it's the same sort of thing. It's the soccer equivalent, the one goal games, the comeback wins that can be tough to reproduce year to year.
3: All right. So we got futures for the title so far Uh, that of course, uh, spreading those between, uh, between Chelsea and Liverpool. And then we also had a, uh, the special prop. And then we also have a season win total or season point total under. When we come back, top four prop, uh, relegation prop. Oh, that's always fun with the Premier League. <laughs> and then the golden boot. Is Paul advocating someone we've already mentioned or someone we have not? Uh, more with Paul Carr from uh, True Media Networks. And, of course, I buried the headline, the Expected Value Podcast, wherever podcasts are available. We'll come back right next, uh, right on the other side, I should say, on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network.
2: Zumo Play.
4: Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander.
3: Raise the stakes with BetMGM. It's the best time to sign up because they're giving new customers a shot at an easy 100 bucks. Register using code VEASAN100 and win $100 in free bets when you place a $1 money line wager on the Cardinals or Pirates tonight. Either team hits a homer. BetMGM's always ready to help you turn big plays into major paydays. Enjoy innovative parlay selection builders, daily promotions, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use code VEASAN100 to win $100 when you bet $1 on the Cardinals or Pirates. Pirates and either team hits a homer. Uh, that's a home run, by the way. That was a uh, mix between home run and homer for me. Sorry about that. You know what I mean. Round tripper. Only at BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. New customer offer: paid and free bets. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. We get tweets at beating the book. Uh, Mike Zhang, one benefit of the kids going back to school is that I can once again play uh, a numbers game on all my Sonos speakers throughout the house and not miss a beat. Thank you, Mike Zhang. Appreciate that. Uh, this is from uh, Bill Hooker. Good morning. I'm walking into an appointment. Any chance Jason can post tennis plays? Jason? Primetime, Cowboys underscore Cubs one, Ruck row. Your oppo, Mr. Weston, who is on Camila Georgie today. No offense, Mr. Gill, but I'm tailing Sir Dan on this one because, well, she's fun to look at. (laughs) Okay, I can't blame you there. We all have our reasons for betting what we bet. Uh, Dan Rockwell, of course I got a phone call right when Gill was giving out his tennis picks for the day. Can anyone help me out? I missed them, all five of them. Thanks in advance. Can we show those up on the screen just for everybody uh, because we're going to have a a match starting here in about 15 minutes. Uh, But again, this is in Montreal, Rebecca Marino, plus five and a half games versus Arena Sabalenka. Victoria Azarenka, this has gone away. This is about minus 115 now. I got plus 100 last night versus Maria Sakari. Um, don't let it get any higher than minus 115. Don't play it any higher than what it is right now. Sarah Ceribis-Tormo, plus 101 versus Katarina Siniakova. Petra Kvitova. one of our uh, futures plays at 17-1 to before this tournament, minus 130 versus Camila Georgie, which apparently I'm oppo Dan Weston on, which is never a fun feeling. And then Jessica Bagula, minus 143, versus Danielle Collins, which is really the match of the day as far as I'm concerned. Okay, uh, Paul Carr is here from, uh, again, the Expected Value Podcast, and he wrote this great piece over at ESPN uh, Chalk. Is it ESPN Plus? Yes, it is. It's that good that it's at ESPN Plus. Best bets for the English Premier League, which we are rifling through today. Uh, Before we get to uh, your remaining picks in the Premier League, tonight in Major League Baseball, Paul, you're, you're a man in the heartland. You're in Kansas. Um, <clears throat> in Iowa tonight, there, of course, is is the game, the uh, Field of Dreams game between the White Sox and the Yankees. This was supposed to be a White Sox game, not against the Yankees last year, but uh, got uh, obviously scrapped because of the pandemic. But they're playing it tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Iowa time. They're at the old Field of Dreams spot from the old 1989 motion picture, Field of Dreams, starring Kevin Costner, James Earl Jones, Ray Liotta. Um, 8,000 people in constructed stands. Are you fascinated enough to watch this tonight?
4: I'm definitely going to flip it on. Field of Dreams is one of those. It's a movie I saw when I was a kid, and uh, the magic of it all just kind of entranced me with baseball and all that. And I've never been to Dyersville. It's been on my list. I've driven through Iowa a ton of times going up to school in Chicago. And, you know, it's not right off the highway, so it's not like I could just make a pit stop. But, right. yeah, i got to get up there to, to see just to see it.
3: I would point, love sure. I would love to see it. And if you ask me, why would you like to go see this random baseball field in a cornfield? I don't know that I have an answer for you. I just want to see it, right? Like, I don't know. I'm like, because, by the way, my recollection of the movie was this. And you're right. We were all young at the time. But it was like... So I grew up in in D.C., which is not like a baseball. It wasn't at the time a baseball town. It was post Senators, pre pre Nationals, right? We were all Orioles fans, so it was like one of those movies where, where I watched. I was like, "Oh, it's the old yeah baseball national pastime." Sure, still still with that in the in this country at that time. And I remember just thinking to myself, "Oh, I get it." For the baseball people, this is like a glorious thing, and I, I enjoyed the movie. It didn't really speak to me necessarily, but there's mm-hmm. just something about the movie. That even if you weren't like even if you weren't the target audience necessarily directly there's just still something magical about it i would totally love to see that place
4: yeah, yeah. The James Earl Jones speech, obviously that guy playing catch with his dad and all that stuff just it's just the emotion of it all. It Man. still gets
3: me. All right. Well, that's tonight uh, Yankees and the White Sox. It's a pitching mismatch, by the way. Heaney against Lance Lynn and now with Carlos Radon on the I.L. Lance Lynn raising his hand as the uh, the American League Cy Young Award winner. Potentially, he's got a, a big stage to do it on tonight. He's a minus one fifty five favorite. The White Sox hosting quote unquote the Yankees in Iowa. Let's get back to the uh, Premier League. You gave us uh, three before the break, three plays, futures that is. Let's go uh, three more here. And let's go specifically to a top four play. And the top four matters in the Premier League because that has Champions League implications.
4: Correct. Yeah. Top four. You get in the Champions League and like everything else, that means you get a lot of money and that's kind of what drives everything. So yeah, you want to get in those top four spots, play in those European games, get more cash. So that's always a big goal. Um, I have a couple of plays here. I mean, and this depends on your your liquidity, your your stomach for this, how much you want to you know invest over time. But I like Chelsea. I like Liverpool both as these investments. You're paying about minus five hundred for Chelsea. I have Liverpool at minus four fifty. So obviously, this is a nine month thing. But I just feel like there is so little likelihood that two teams. You're, you're assuming City is ahead of them or one of the four, we got to get two teams to jump one of those other two uh, to not make the top four. So I I don't mind paying that price. It's sort of like, I think Felica's referenced, you know, playing Clemson to make the playoff in a similar vein in in previous years. So, you know, you pay, you're obviously paying a lot of juice, but the likelihood of enough teams jumping them is so small that I don't mind playing Chelsea or Liverpool at that minus 500 minus 450 range.
3: You're right here. If you have the stomach for such things, and I think, right. uh, again, uh, serious gamblers will tell you, value is value. Chelsea minus 500, Liverpool minus 450. A nine-month investment, by the way. Would you take one long shot, though? Would there be a long shot? I have a sprinkle on
4: Leeds as my one long shot. You know, they uh, did well last year, finished in the top half their first year back in the Premier League. They got a shot at making the jump. They have Marcelo Bielsa, who's a great coach. Uh, they play a kind of attractive brand, but a very effective brand of attacking soccer and pressing soccer. So, yeah, so there's a chance. They're kind of in that next clump of in with Arsenal and Tottenham and Leicester and a little bit below that. So I think they got a, you want a long shot. Uh, leads around plus 12 hundreds the way I would look. Yeah. You didn't sound very enthusiastic about that leads 12 to one. I have to tell you, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, there's just so many teams ahead of them. You know, yes. it's one of those things where everything's got to go right. Yeah. But yeah, if you want something to root for just to, to track over the course of the season, that's the way I would look.
3: That. Yeah. They finished ninth last year and almost every team above them, almost every team is a name brand, uh, premier league mm-hmm. team. You're right about that. Uh, but if Leicester city could win it all, anything is possible. Exactly. Paul Carr, anything yeah. leads 12 to one to uh, make the top four. Okay. Relegation. This is uh, something we dream about in the U S for our sports. Can we relegate some teams in some of these, uh, please, please, for God's sakes. Uh, so the bottom three teams, 20 team premier league, the bottom three teams every year booted. get out of here. You're not good enough. Uh, you have a play on a relegation prop. What do
4: you like here? Yeah. And this is shifting a ton. So I played Southampton to be relegated at plus 500 less than a week ago. Uh, last night at, Will Hill, at least it was plus 400 and I've seen it down to like plus 330 now. Um, and this is because first of all, they sold their best striker last year, Danny Ings who had over a quarter of their goals. Uh, there's rumors they may sell James Ward Prowse, who's probably their best remaining player of the midfield. Uh, they're selling their best defender, a Danish guy to Leicester Leicester city. So they're, they're not quite liquidating, but they're selling a lot of their best guys. This is a team that likes to press and play an up tempo pressing style. And they're just not going to have the numbers to do it. I mean, they could, they could bring in guys. They have a history of developing young players, things like that. But getting that kind of a price, I'm very wary of what Southampton could do. So... Uh, it almost feels like a square play now with the line shifting so much but I still think they've got a pretty good you know plus 300 plus 330 is probably a little thin. I don't think I'd go below about plus 350 or so uh, but yeah Southampton is the the team that just seems poised to me to kind of fall off the landscape a little bit and get sent down
3: yeah and they finished where they finished last year 15th so just a little bit yeah. above well actually point total actually pretty clear but in yeah standings, the point total yeah it was a little generous last year too based on some of their underlying numbers. Yeah. 43 total points for Southampton last year 28 was where relegation yeah. uh, ended up being for the line um okay well actually I anything-
4: I'll, I'll add one more thing if you don't want to play the relegation you could play it under point total which is about 43 and a half uh, so that's another way to
3: play it if you'd rather do that than play for the relegation I could see some people uh, drifting towards that one instead yeah perhaps mm-hmm. if you don't want to get frisky with the relegation under 43 yeah. and a half points again with them having 43 exactly last year all right and then finally in our final two minutes the goal Golden Boot, Uh, explain to folks what the Golden Boot is and who you are backing. Golden Boot, most goals in the
4: Premier League. Uh, Do check your books. Sometimes some books will pay it as you have the most uh, goals. Just see how they pay it out. There's no tiebreaker like there's for a World Cup or something, but just make sure you know uh, what you're betting there. Um, So, yeah, this is the old let's play the odds here. You know, Mo Salah would be my pick if I'm just saying straight up who's going to get it. Mm -hmm. But he's at plus 400. So. That's there's not, not a lot of value there. yeah. So, uh, yeah, so a couple guys to have in mind. And remember the things we always keep in mind. You don't have to play for a good team or a good offense at least, and we want you to take penalty kicks. So uh, there's a lot of guys who play for good teams that don't take penalty kicks. You know, thinking of, uh, you know, Gabriel Jesus for Man City, something like that. Uh, you know, we don't know. Chelsea is kind of in the same boat. Lukaku may come in he might might not take penalty kicks who knows Uh, but a couple of kind of second third tier guys I've got my eye on are Tottenham son Hyung min this is sort of assuming Harry Kane's going to Man City Uh, and if he does that opens up some penalties for for son who took a couple of them last year when Kane wasn't around Uh, so I have him plus 4000 he had I think 17 goals last season anyway so you know he's a guy if Kane's gone those goals may open up for him and my other option that I like as a longer shot is Leeds' Patrick Bamford. We talked about Leeds already a little bit, but just again, a very attacking style. He takes about half their penalties over the past couple seasons and had 17 goals last season. This is a Leeds team that's going to press. So, both these guys, you know, again, they have a bit of a proven record. They take some penalties. Uh, they're on good attacking teams, and, you know, a few more goals fall their way, uh, et cetera, and they're right there in the thick of the golden boot race.
3: I love it, man. Those are a whole smattering of picks. By the way, what would be the the odds on Salah, Mo Salah, that you would play to win the Golden Boot? If not four uh, to one, I think I'd have to get at least six to one or so. So okay. if you can find, you know, that plus six hundred,
4: might, 600, might be fun. Jump on that. Yeah, it yeah. might be. Yeah, fightable. it might be out there. I will say these Golden Boot odds fluctuate a lot, book to book, more than any of the others I've looked at. So yeah, shop around for those for sure.
3: And they fluctuate, I would imagine, during the season as well. Yep.
4: Yeah. He's a guy on, you know, solid goes on a hot streak early or something. He's going to be like plus 200 or almost even money uh, by the end of September.
3: Paul, I love it. Best bets for the English Premier League. uh, If you want uh, all those fleshed out, even some more uh, ESPN plus has that piece online. And Paul, will talk actual uh, first games tomorrow on the show. How about that? Sounds great. Paul Carr, everybody from the Expected Value podcast. Kind enough to join us to talk Premier League, and we will talk to him again tomorrow. Bill Krakenberger's next, unscripted with the crack Man in studio. It's a numbers game at Visa, the sports betting network.
2: Zumo Play.
1: slash slash iHeart.